Psalm 86, and I'm going to read all 17 verses. And what's on the card is the first seven. And I'll talk about it here in just a few moments. And what I want to do on the following Wednesdays is uh, try to give an understanding of this psalm so that we can use these first seven verses uh, for our prayer time. Psalm 86. What is unusual about this psalm, which you don't readily see, is that here in um, book number, I think it's three, yes, book number three, you know there's five books in your psalms, in book number three, this is the only Davidic psalm that's in that book. And David did write this. So Psalm 86, verse 1, Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am a godly man. O you, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I cry all day long. Make glad the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and give heed to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I shall call upon you for you will answer me. There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear Your name. I will give thanks to You, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and will glorify Your name forever. For Your loving kindness toward me is great, and You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, arrogant men have risen up against me, and a band of violent men have sought my life, and they have not set You before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. O grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Now what you have on this card here is um, the legacy translation. So it's going to differ just a little bit from the New American Standard, but its major difference is is that the words Lord that are capitalized are translated Yahweh here in this card that you have before you. And so very readily you can see Exactly like in verse 4 on the card, it says, Make glad the soul of your slave for you, O Lord. 
uh, lift up my soul. And then in verse 6, give ear, O Yahweh, to my prayer and give heed to the voice of my supplication. So you can actually see the differences there here in what we have. As what is probably written uh, as a title of this psalm, it says it's a psalm of supplication and trust. Now when you're reading the psalms, you, you can read the psalms for a lot of reasons. Probably one of the main reasons why the psalms are a favorite book of Christian people is because they turn to the psalms for comfort. And the psalms do give comfort. And so you'll read, <clears throat> who, who can't get comfort from Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so you just read through here and you can receive comfort from it. Some people when they read the Psalms, they get doctrine, teaching from it. And of course it's there, it's all through there, showing the Lord's ways and how the Lord answers and works in people's lives. Some people when they turn to the book of Psalms can turn to it because they're interested in prophecy. How many messianic prophecies are in our Psalms that end up in our New Testament? And so you can actually go and you can read it and come to understand things about Christ, our Messiah, through the Psalms. And of course, all of this is God-breathed, and so you can, as you read down through Psalm 86, there's a lot of it, a lot of it, that you could see our Lord praying on His knees before God the Father. So you can go to the Psalms for comfort, you can go there for doctrine, you can go there for prophecy. And, but as I mentioned before, what I've been doing since July is that I have been reading the Psalms to learn how to approach God properly. In other words, the, psalm, the Psalms give to us how do you plead with God? How do you go before Him? He's a great king, isn't He? You wouldn't go before a great king, you know, popping gum, chewing, using slang. You go before a great king, you go before Him with awe and reverence. And that's what you find here in the Psalms. You find a reverent attitude and I also want to know not only how to approach the Lord, but I want to know the wording by which you would approach Him. These are divine words, aren't they? And so they're teaching us that. And I may take this up on Sunday afternoon, I'm not sure, but in Leviticus chapter 10, verse 3, you know when Aaron's sons got smitten, because they approached the Lord with incense in which he did not command. Strange fire is the way that it's worded. The Lord tells Moses, says, you must treat me holy when you come to me. That's a fascinating phrase, isn't it? You must treat me holy when you approach me. And that's what prayer is, isn't it, brethren? We're coming and approaching Him. We're drawing near to God. 
How do we do that? And so often I think, as I've done and as you've done, you just kind of figure you come to God, you know how the song is, just as I am, <laughs> without one plea. And there is a sense that's true, right? But there's also a sense where the Lord wants to teach us how to approach Him and how to say, talk, and speak, and plead with Him in a reverent way. Not in a demanding way as if we're God and He's not doing what we want Him to do, but in a reverent way. And of course, when you read this, <clears throat> I'll just read it here off the card. You can look at it here. Listen, listen to how He's approaching the Lord. Incline your ear, O Yahweh, and answer me, because I am afflicted and needy. Keep my soul, for I am a holy one. You, oh you, my God, save your servant or save your slave who trust in you. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I call all day long. Make glad the soul of your slave, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Lord, you are good and by nature forgiving, and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and give heed to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my distress, I shall call upon you. Why? You will answer me. I mean, just think about approaching someone like that. Or think about a child approaching their earthly father that way. Lord, you're my father and I am your child and you answered the prayers of children because this is who you are. And I just want you to know if I'm ever in distress, you're the one I'm going to go to. I mean, that's powerful. And it would be powerful in an earthly sense also. So hold on to these cards and use them and meditate on them and we'll be using them in a couple of weeks as we have our days of prayer, January 21st through the 23rd. Now, I just want to show you a couple of things here in this psalm uh, to kind of framework the psalm and to help us in beginning to understand it because we're not, we're not just mouthing words. We want to have understanding behind it so that we know not only how to approach the Lord, but when to approach Him in this way. You don't always use the same approach for every situation, right? And so <clears throat> we want to see that. Let me just point out a couple of things here. I'm going to be dividing the psalm up <clears throat> in the first seven verses. And then in verses 8 through 13, and then the last block in verses 14 through 17. You'll see something common here in all three of these sections. Note verse 5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Everybody see that? Does that ring a bell? Does anything come to your mind? Well, let's read another verse. Look down the next block. Look at verse 13. 
For your loving kindness toward me is great, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Let's look at another passage. Look at verse 15 in the third block. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. What's the common word in all three of those? Loving kindness. Everybody see that? Now does that does that bring to your mind any other passage? Well, it should, especially if you've been doing the 40-day Bible reading. <laughs> I think tomorrow, if not today, maybe today you reach this. Turn to Exodus chapter 34. And this is really the first thing that really is a ministry to us. David is basing his prayer upon the name of God. Who is the Lord? And so you have in Exodus 34, you remember Moses wanting to see the glory of God. And God said that He was going to proclaim His glory. He was going to proclaim His name. And so look at chapter 34, verse 5. The Lord descended in a cloud and stood there with him, that is Moses, as he called upon the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands. Do you see that section in Exodus 34 verse 6 in what we just read in that psalm? You do. The Lord is proclaiming His name. He's proclaiming who He is. And brethren, when we, when we approach our God we need to be thinking about who He is. I don't just mean that He's God and He has to tell us what to do. I mean, who is He? Fundamentally, what is His glory? Well, He's compassionate. Isn't that a reason to come to Him? He is loving kind, kindness. He's hased. He has that covenant, faithful love that He gives to His people. That's a reason to approach Him. That's a reason to go to Him. And this is really David's assurance. This is why David is saying, David's a sinful man. In fact, he's going to say, look at verse 5. We read it. For you, Lord, Lord, are good and ready to what? Ready to forgive. He's coming to Him as a sinful believer knowing that His presence before the Lord is only because the Lord is gracious. The Lord is full of loving kindness, mercy, and compassion. And it is abundant, verse 5 of Psalm 86, it is abundant 
to those who pray to Him. That's an amazing statement. People who pray to Him receive an abundance of loving kindness. Surely, if there isn't any other reason to pray, that would be a good reason to pray. To receive the riches of His loving kindness. So this is in every one of those blocks, David is referring back to Exodus chapter 34 and verse 5. This is what's in his mind as he's approaching the Lord in his prayer time. The other thing that we'll notice is that for all practical purposes, this psalm, Psalm 86, begins and ends with the same request. Look at Psalm 86, look at verse 3. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I cry all day long. Now look at verse 16. Turn to me and be gracious to me. O grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your handmaid. So what we have is this whole psalm. David's assurance is based upon the name of the Lord. Who is He? And he's basing everything on God's own person. And he bookends this psalm with asking God for His graciousness. And brethren, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If we come to the Lord with our own merit and how good and right we are, we're not going to receive His graciousness. Graciousness is needed when the person asking for it knows that they've got to have it. The only way God could answer my prayer is if He was gracious to do it if He chose to do it. Because this is who He is. He is abundant in loving kindness to everyone who calls upon Him. And so as we go before the Lord, we need to go looking and praying for His compassion, for His mercy, for His goodness to come to us. And then in our, seven, in our first seven verses of this psalm, we have that psalm booked in, that block booked in with a phrase. <clears throat> and if you look in verse 1, you'll see, Incline your ear, O Lord, and what? Answer me. Now look at verse 7. In the day of my trouble... I shall call upon you, for you will, you will answer me. Now what's the difference between those two? Well, the first one is a prayer to God for Him to answer. Lord, be gracious to me and answer my prayer. I'm praying based on who you are and your covenant faithfulness to those, to Christ, and to those who are in Christ. 
So Lord, would you answer me? Now, you don't say, Lord, incline your ear and answer me unless you've already prayed it and you don't think you've got an answer. Right? You're praying it because there's a delay. You remember we talked about the Lord's delays. There's been a delay in the answer and now there's this prayer and pleading for the Lord to answer him. But in verse 7, what you have is, <clears throat> he does pray, give heed to the voice of my supplications, but here he's giving us the assurance that the Lord will answer. In the day of my trouble, I'll call upon you. Why do I pray? Because He will what? He will answer. And folks, that's another thing that I think we struggle with as believers. And that is the assurance that God's going to answer the prayer. Why, why do we struggle with that? Because we've asked so many prayers and seemingly they're not, they're not answered. And so your friendly neighborhood flesh stands up and says, well, why pray? He isn't going to answer you on this one either. And there's a lot of reasons. It could be a delay. It could be you're not approaching Him properly. It could be you're not praying for the right thing, right? But our flesh is sure to remind us all the times He didn't answer. And our flesh is sure to cause us to forget all the times He did. And if you sit back and think about all the times that he did, you will find, as the song says, count your blessings, name them one by one, and you'll see what the Lord has done. We are forgetful for what the Lord has answered. So these first seven verses, of which we're going to give ourselves to, learn how to pray this, and actually use it in our prayer life, those first seven verses are booked in by the request, answer me, and the assurance that God himself is going to answer. Now let me address one other thing, and that is <clears throat> David's condition. And I'm just going to look at two. We'll pick up the other ones, Lord willing, next Wednesday. <clears throat> David's condition... And the need of his prayer centers around his relationship with other people. Notice in verse 17. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me, everybody see that, those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. Look at verse 14. O oh God, arrogant men, men of pride, seed of the serpent, arrogant men have risen up against me, and a band of violent men have sought my life, and they have not set you before them. In other words, these arrogant men aren't thinking about the Lord at all. David's problem is arising out of a problem with relationships with people. 
And as I was meditating on this, it hit me, kind of a self-evident truth, but I'll share it with you anyway. It hit me that as I've been reading through the Psalms, that David not one time has prayed for a new chariot. He's not prayed for a new house. He's not even prayed for a pay raise. He's not prayed for food or raiment. But if you read through the Psalms, what you're going to find over and over and over again is David's having to pray about his relationship with people. And that really is where our problem's at, isn't it? You know the old adage, if there weren't people at work, I could get my job done. Well, people are the job. (laughs) But anytime people are the job, you're going to end up with conflict. You're going to end up with negative situations. And you could end up with somebody who just decides that they have it in for you. And they're going to go after you. And this is what David's praying about. They're going after you because they're arrogant. Because they're prideful. And David is saying, this is my distress. This is bothering me. It's not just the fact that they're after me. This is bothering me. And he's praying for the Lord to deliver him. And that people relationship, verse 1 of Psalm 86, brings David to have in poverty of spirit. He says, Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am, what's the two words there? Afflicted and needy. His dealings with people and people's dealings with Him brought such a distress to His soul that it brought him down to the place where he could actually say, my soul is afflicted and I am in need. In other words, David has been humbled. Or as we will read eventually, Lord willing, in Matthew chapter 5, God favored our people poor in spirit. David wasn't a poor man, was he? As far as money was concerned. And he certainly had all the comforts of life, right? He's talking about what's going on in his inner man. And brethren, when we are brought to places like that, you know that Isaiah says that the Lord dwells with a contrite of heart. The Lord will hear And the Lord will answer. There's no specific thing that David's praying in this particular psalm with his enemies. But he is praying for the Lord to do something for him and to do something for them. And brethren, we certainly can do that. When we're in that type of situation, that really is a situation where you... You need the Lord to answer you. Right? 
You need the Lord to do something in you. And I love, I'm trying to find the verse here, when he talks about the Lord to make glad his heart. There it is, verse 4. He's afflicted and needy. Make glad the who? The soul of your servant. He's not happy. He's hurting. And he's asking the Lord to show graciousness to him. We'll look at some of the other condition, Lord willing, next Wednesday. <clears throat> but just to whet your appetite, spend some time. <clears throat> I know you're doing a lot of Bible reading, but spend some time in this psalm and try to make it yours. Try to learn not only an understanding of the psalm, but for the psalm to be engrafted in you so that you will learn by spiritual nature how to approach the Lord and how to plead with the Lord. He's the Almighty, isn't He? He's the highest of high. He's the King of kings. He's Lord of lords. And we need to approach Him in the right manner for Him to hear our prayers. And certainly in this upcoming year, both as families and as a church, we have a lot of needs that we need to see the Lord answer in 2024. So let's go to Him in prayer right now.